I hate audiobooks. Welcome to Grumble Goat. My name is Matt Labodka, and this is a show about all the small things that drive me insane. Let's grumble. Just kidding. I absolutely do not hate audiobooks, but I have an audiobook for you. We've had a rough couple of weeks in the studio, so I don't have an episode for you today, but to make it up to you, I'm putting a new chapter of my audiobook, Zack the Human, here in the feed to entertain you. If you missed chapter one, go back in the feed and listen to that first. But without further ado, here is chapter two of Zack the Human. Chapter two, square circle. It was a brief walk to the square. As the chief of the Godkin, Strength's house was near to the village's heart. The square was a wide swath of land in the center of the small city. At its perimeter were the prominent buildings that actually went up above the ground instead of below. They were simple structures of wood and thatch, wide and hollow. There was the command cavern, the basiltery forge, the judicious quarter. It was all the important yet boring pieces of allspire surrounding the grand field of the square. But the real highlight of the square was the circle. The circle was an enormous circular arena dug downward into the ground. When people were talking about the circle, they usually just called it the square. You handled the worms well. Strank was clearly trying to bolster Zack's mood, but his compliment only spurred Zack's embarrassment. It is a talent, your worm call. I don't have to prove myself to worms tonight, Zack said. His anger was swallowed by anxiety. He jumped down onto the first circular tier of stone seating below ground level, which put him nearly eye level to his father. The unusual perspective reminded Zack of his crushing awkwardness. Everything about Zack was completely wrong. He was the oddest of the godkin, and tonight he would prove his uselessness as well. Just let me focus, Dad. Zack, I have to tell you something. Scabs, Dad! Zack couldn't control his outbursts. Apprehension boiled Zack from the inside. If only he could control his emotions toward casting blood magic. He needed to focus. Now? Right now? Right before the right? Right. Not now. After the ceremony, Strank was visibly shaken. It was very rare to see Strank uncertain. A hand grabbed Zack's shoulder, and the weight of an adolescent godkin pulled Zack out of his angst. Zack tried to look back at his assailant, but didn't need to see him to recognize the harsh, cackling laugh of Hob, his best friend. Hob was likewise an outcast, because he was the tiny runt of the class. Good night, Master Strength, Hob said with an excited little screech. The little godkinder had harshly pointed ears and nose. His skin was a lighter shade of green than most godkin, like the leaves of a spring onion. His baldness hadn't completely come in. He still had a circle of black hair at the back of his head that was always frazzled. He looked very much like the hyper, disorganized dweeb he was. Looking at him reminded Zack that his own baldness hadn't started coming in at all. Zack's black hair was, if anything, only growing fuller. Well met, replied Strank. This is a glorious night for you two. Zack is nervous. 
Come on, Hob, Zack said, pulling the little guy along. Doesn't it look different, Zack? Asked Hob. The drum in the pit feels different tonight, like it's calling us. Do you think it's calling us? I felt that. Every time I've been here, it's to watch, you know? We're always in the stands watching adults doing things, enacting battles of the old days, telling stories, enchanting dirges, and traveling merchants and all. Yeah, Zack answered, half listening, as they walked around the topmost tier of stone seating around the pit. But now it's up to us, squealed Hob. Now we get to be the center of attention. All this time we've been studying blood, just memorizing blood types and sources and viscosities, but tonight we get to actually cast magic. Yeah, Zack sighed. I'm not sure about this. I know you've been working on something big, Hob chattered. We've been staying up all through the daylight to practice our spells. <gasps> Look how much of the tribe is coming to watch us! Zack looked up sharply. It was true. The ceremony was normally only attended by parents. But tonight, the stands were filling up with Godkin. Of course. They all wanted to watch the chief's son come of age. Zack's stomach dropped at the realization. They're here to watch us! Tonight, the square is ours! Hey, Zack, you ever wonder why it's called a square? It's a circle. It's round, but it's a square. You know? Master Quack! Zack's panic redoubled when he heard the name. Shaman Quack ambled up to the lip of the pit. His arrival meant the rite was about to begin. The old mage wore his legendary crystal vial around his neck, as always. But what caught Zack's attention was his ceremonial raven feather headdress over his normally bald head. The feathers caught the moonlight at the edges, giving them a luminous silver glow. Why, Hob, Shaman Quack said, it's good to be seeing you. <laughs> he strangely emphasized the word seeing and chuckled to himself. Master Quack, Zack and I were just wondering, said Hob, forcing Zack into unwanted attention. Why is the square called a square? It's round, like a circle. Zack wanted to hide. Shaman Quack glanced his way, though, and, strangely, gave Zack a wink. Why do knights come in the day? Riddled the old shaman as he began to descend the rings of the pit toward the center. What does that mean? Hob questioned softly, confiding with Zack. He's gone kooky. Nights and days are separate. He meant knights. The shiny metal monsters called knights, Zack replied. Though what round squares have to do with make-believe monsters, I don't know. But knights aren't real. Just then, Zack was shoved from behind. He pinwheeled his arms worthlessly as he fell two seating rings further into the square to the sound of a boisterous laugh. Tonight is the night we prove ourselves of age, and this walking pile of kindling is afraid of old wisp tales. Dirk's voice bellowed around the square. Of course, it was Dirk. You still believe in ghosts and knights? Don't tell me you're afraid of the human, too. Dirk laughed, but Zack also heard a softer, rumbling chuckle. Zack flinched at his newly skinned knees and palms. His wounds were bleeding, adding to the muddy mess already covering him. He turned over to look back at Dirk, 
haughty Dirk's large jaw was undulating with laughter. His skin was a dark gray-green, the intimidating color of a crocodile. His teeth were massive, making a gruesome smile. His canines were almost long enough to stick outside of his lip, which they would, in time, like his father's. Dirk's father, Droge, was the largest of the village warriors. He was strength second in command, the dread battle commander Droge, and he was standing behind Dirk, chuckling. Embarrassment and fury were bubbling through Zack's blood in a confusing adrenaline rush. Hobbs scrambled down toward Zack. With his large, ever-curious eyes, he looked at Zack as if he could feel Zack's blood boil. Hold on to it, Hobb whispered. Use it in the ceremony. Strength of arms has no place in tonight's ceremony, Dirk. Shaman Quok reprimanded from the center of the pit. The small fire there illuminated his crystal vial and the bones around his leather skirt with dancing red and orange light. Here, your strength only emphasizes weakness. Dirk stopped short his laughter and bowed his head. Arrogant he may be, but he was not yet a warrior, and blood magic was not his strength. Shedding blood is foolish against those who can control blood, Quok said as he lifted his crystal vial by its leather cord. He unstoppered it and sipped from the amber liquid, taking the dragon's power within himself. With a small gesture, Dirk was lifted into the air. He yelped in fear, despite the fact that the magic simply lifted him up to arch softly through the air, gently settling him in the circle around the fire. Zack's jealousy mixed in with his fury and he tried to sustain it, but glee was threatening its way in. Thank you, Master Quok, Zack said quietly as he made his way into the center of the arena squelching in the mud and sand. Me? Was that not your blood that cast that spell? The shaman answered with a wink for Zack. Of course, Zack knew it must have been the dragon blood that the shaman had used. That mystical file the shaman wore around his neck was the gossip of his class. The flickering flames made it pulse as if alive. Zack's peers often conspired about what it would be like to use the dragon blood. But Zack secretly wondered if that vial might unlock his ability. He knew the magic that so eluded him was buried somewhere inside of himself. He could feel the potential, always just out of grasp. Something as powerful as dragon blood would surely awaken the energy he could almost access. Although, deep down... He didn't really want to try it because it might not. Already he possessed no strength of arms. If he incidentally proved he would never control blood magic, he would be not just an ugly godkin, but a worthless anomaly. That was it. That's chapter two. If you like what you hear, the book is available on Amazon and Audible. Check out the show notes for links to that. And thanks for listening. Let's go ahead and tune in next week. And we'll have Veronique back for more grumbles. As always, don't forget to grumble goat responsibly and share with a friend. <laughs>